0: This is the Milo Beasley show. This is the Milo Beasley show. There's only one thing you need to know. This is the Milo Beasley show. And now here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show. Do 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 dude episode number three hundred and twenty. It feels like just yesterday we were filming episode 319, but here we are, 320, and I'm super thrilled for our guest this week. So with no further ado, please help me welcome at this time, Kelly Conway. How are you this evening?
1: I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's a a pleasure. I'm I'm super excited to chat with you uh, about uh, your life, your career, and your new book, that's coming out. Uh, so when is when is the actual? Is it already out, or what is the shelf date?
1: It, uh, the book is being released on December fifteenth. Okay. Which they just announced, but it just happened to be. It happens to be my dad's birthday. Um. So and they don't know that. So it was a really cool thing. I thought. Oh wow! Yeah, that's
0: a little cool little coincidence there. Yeah. So, I think uh, so. new book. Uh, coming out, My Dad's Funnier Than Your Dad by Kelly Conway, about your dad who is Tim Conway. Um, I mean, Mikhail's Hate, uh, Navy, Carol Burnett Show, Apple Dumpling Gang, Dorf, uh, Barnacle Boy on SpongeBob. The list goes on. It's uh, he he had a a great career. You must be really proud.
1: I am. I miss him every day. Um, but I have to think about the all the great years I had with him and that everybody had with him really. Um, I meet so many people that tell me stories about how maybe it wasn't going so well or it was going great and they and or and they watch the Carol Burnett show on Saturday nights and that was sometimes the only peaceful time in their lives. Uh, but they I'm lucky that I have um, like I said, so many people tell me stories about him and thank me for sharing him with them. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful.
0: Uh, so when you, you, so you're the, you're the oldest of your siblings, correct? I am. Nathan so when you six. were born, was he already, he was already in the, in the, in the entertainment business, right?
1: He um kind of, he just, he was in Cleveland um, I'm born in 62, about 1960, he was doing radio in Cleveland with Ernie Anderson oh. and they both came out to LA and were, I think did a couple guest appearances on the Steve Allen show. Oh. Um, but his first real job was McHale's Navy right. and that started in July 62. And I was born that week he started Oh, <laughs> on his first job.
0: That's, that's great. So you were liter- literally brought up in that, in that world
1: literally um i have pictures there there there's so many pictures in the book i'm so lucky to have them all um i went through thousands uh to get the 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 best hundred (laughs) right um there are are a couple pictures on me as about this big on the mikhail's navy set
0: oh my gosh that's great yeah so do you because, you know, you were that, you know, do you, do you actually remember being there at all or is it just through pictures and you kind of have a little.
1: Mikhail's Navy. I don't, cause I was literally a week or two old, ah, um, right. maybe a month by the time they brought me there. Right. Um, uh, but I do, I probably the earliest was. Gosh. I don't know. Five or six. Um that he, just some television stuff but really started to kick in when I was about 10 12 uh, that I realized that he's actually on TV and <laughs> people watch him
0: did you do you remember see do you remember seeing him on TV for the first time going oh hey he that's
1: kind of <laughs> yeah like trying to figure it out uh, my mom I, I don't know if I remembered if I've just been told the story so many times from my mom. Um, sitting at the TV one night and eating, going, trying to figure out why he's in, like going back looking around at the TV and why is it, how did he get in there?
0: <laughs> so, uh, did you, so, so how old were you when you, you know, realized that this was like his career? Like that's where he was, you know, uh, so, when he wasn't at home.
1: I would say probably 10, 8 okay. or ten. Um, I, I do remember one time we were driving, we had a big station wagon, because there's six of us and usually a friend or a cousin, so there's usually about eight kids in the back, my mom and dad in the front, and we were driving to Big Bear Lake, which is a couple hours outside of LA. All of us were packed in the car, and I was in the back, and I put a sign on the window, but my dad, my dad's in the front seat and people are honking at him, going, Hey, love Jam McKill's Navy. You're great on the Carol Burnett show. And I'm like, I'm in the back laughing and watching. He got out to put gas in the car and he saw the sign I put up was Tim Conway's in this car, this <laughs> big poster. And I got in a lot of trouble. Because <laughs> he couldn't figure out why everybody's honking at him and kind of like swerving and honking and waving. He's going, What is going on? So I got in trouble because he always said, never draw excess attention to yourself, ever. I mean, it's hard to understand because he does what he does, but he really did it and then came home to be normal, you know? Right. He didn't cause attention to himself in public.
0: Right. So did he, did you ever have, you know, uh, television or movie stars just happen to pop over for like Sunday supper?
1: Yeah, we usually had on um, because we live in Southern California, so it's usually warm, um, right. especially spring and summer. We had pool parties pretty much every weekend. Um, Carol Burnett's kids, three girls, would come over um, Ernie Anderson's kids, um, Harvey Corman and his kids. Um, McLean Stevenson was a really good friend of my dad's. Um, he was a close friend. And then just, you know, my uncles who weren't famous, my mom's brothers uh, would come over and it was always at least 25 or 30 people plus kids, um, for pool parties and, uh, volleyball and shuffleboard. And my dad never did anything, you know, we're going to go swimming. It was never just as easy as that. He would have, uh, a swim meet with a trophy of a, a vase that he found in the kitchen and cover it in foil and, nail it onto or glue it onto a piece of wood and that would be the trophy. And You know, t-shirts and ribbons and medals. And so it was never just let's go swimming. It was always an event that he sold tickets to you know, to the neighborhood (laughs) kids. Or, I don't know. It was was a fun, fun life. It still is, but it was a really fun childhood. It
0: it, it seems like it, it would be. Was he... Did you feel like he always had to be on though like that he always felt like he needed to be entertaining
1: i don't think he felt like he needed to but he just was um like we would go to the grocery store and um you know instead of just you know trying to tame six kids around him he would give us all a cart and i think just to shut us up and keep us busy um He would give us all a cart and put us in one aisle of the grocery store, and he would go to the next aisle and throw things over the top, and whoever caught the most things—like, I mean, they were toilet paper, paper towels, Kleenex, things like that—and trying not to kill anyone with jars of sauce or anything, but (laughs) he would give—you know—you get whoever catches the most, it's twenty dollars. So. Would, right. And they're not going to come all the time, so you got to wait there. And they're like, okay. So he would go shop a little bit, throw something over. I think just to keep us like, we we were, six kids only in in only eight years. Um, so we were all pretty little at once. Um, all little jerks at once. So he had to oh. keep us under control.
0: <laughs> all little jerks at once. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yep. think he felt like he had to. He just that was just. In his nature, you know, he was just, Right. that's why I never, we never, it was never a big deal. Like you asked about, when did I realize he was in show business? I don't, it, it was just his job and right. I'm not trying to be like flippant about it, but it was his job and we had a okay. really fun life at home and he would work not so much the beginning of the week, but Wednesday, Thursday and Fridays were usually late um, on the show and Saturdays and Sundays were all for us you know, either the racetrack or parties at home or, you know, paint the guest house or, uh, go-kart races or something, you know?
0: That's great. Yeah. Tell me about these go-kart races that in, in your backyard. <laughs>
1: uh, he builds, we had a kind of a winding driveway down, um, this around our house uh-huh. to the back and he would just build obstacle courses. Really? Like, I mean, the first X games, I guess. Um, jumps and dirt and pine cones and obstacles and, you know, trees and fences and stuff to jump over and go around. Um, and he would time it, of course, because everything was a competition. Um, and trophies again, like, you know, best trophy or 10 bucks or whatever. So we were, we were, we'd go for blood, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just a fun little. Oh, let's go around the track. It was, like, it was serious.
0: I mean, I I would think with with you know five other siblings, I think everything would be a competition. So
1: yeah, and boys too. So I had to keep up.
0: Oh right, yeah, you had that added pressure of being the only girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, girls can't do this. You had to keep up with the the boys.
1: Exactly. I probably didn't even realize I was a girl until around age 10 to 10, <laughs> like, just, I just want to
0: play football, baseball. <laughs> now, did you, so whenever, whenever, you know, you guys had these pool parties or, you know, just everyone coming over and there you know, Carol Burnett was there, you know, other people were there. Did you, did you even see them as being celebrities or was it just, Oh, that's, Carol, that she's just bringing her kids over and, you know, just going to hang out.
1: Yeah, I think it was just our friends, honestly. And, you know, it wasn't always celebrities. It was, you know, Harvey right. was there a lot, like McLean. And, but it was like a family, three four or five families that weren't famous that were in the business that my dad maybe knew from Cleveland that also moved out. Um, um, but they all had, everyone had kids. And we just, we had a blast. We had a, we had a great house growing up. And, it was just lots of little lands, different, like shuffleboard over there and volleyball. We were really lucky um, that my dad had a great job. And that's really what it was. It was he had a, he had a great job and we had a blast. Um, but I don't think I realized what that was because, you know, being a kid, like I think kids now know what's going on because of social media and you know right. what people look like. If you don't like, if you heard them on the radio, if you heard someone's voice, you know they now they know who they are and what they look like, um, because of social media. So we, we were out playing with sticks and rocks, and no, you know we didn't care.
0: That's that's great. Now, I, I'm guessing because you were saying, hey, it's just the you know it was just his job. So you you or your brothers did did you guys feel? any pressure to get into the entertainment business as well?
1: No, I think, I don't think he would do either. He wouldn't encourage it or discourage it. You know, if we wanted to, he would for sure, you know, be right there. But um, he kind of let us decide on our own. Um, I never really wanted to, I think everybody maybe wants to be an actress or a performer because that's all you know. I mean, that's all, you know, if your dad's, Um, a plumber you want it that's what you learn and that's what you know or whatever he does Uh, you know numbers or a teacher you know that's kind of you know how it runs in family sometimes Um, so that's kind of what you are around and that's all that's what your knowledge is and it's familiar and it's comfortable so um, none of us really I mean my brother Tim is in radio Uh, he's a writer and he also has a radio show on in L.A. But it's syndicated actually on iHeartRadio. Um, he's really funny. He's as funny as my dad. Oh yeah. <laughs> he talks for four hours every night about nothing, <laughs> about about just current current events and and what's going on in the world and what happened on the weekend and uh, what's going to happen next week. But he's he's really the only one, and I, I I'm in it too, but behind the scenes.
0: All right, you do uh, costuming, Is this correct?
1: I do. I'm a costume designer. Uh, and stylists—they call it a wardrobe stylist—and commercials, um, mostly commercials. Uh, it's a—it's a fun job. It's—it's a—it's another carnival. Like it's another fun place to be with uh, creative people and and uh, shooting somewhere different every day. And um, it keeps me entertained. <laughs> <laughs> I just—I work so I can ski. <laughs> just oh. waiting for the ski hills to open. <laughs>
0: Oh, so you ski
1: a lot.
0: Oh, I've never been. I'm afraid I'm going to break myself.
1: Well, I wouldn't move to Florida, except i, I actually I talked to a friend of mine the other day. I said I kind of want to move to Florida, but there's not really a ski hill anywhere close. So no, you can water wait. ski. Pardon?
0: You can water ski.
1: I could. I could water ski.
0: Have you ever been water skiing?
1: Yeah, we used to compete too. uh what? Up at our, um, my mom's family had a has a cottage up on Lake Erie, on the Canadian side, and um, we used to we skied pretty much every day, every, you know, during the summers. Like like competition. Competition with other little yacht clubs and little, you know, little t- smaller towns and right. villages in uh, near our village. Um, we were It was not an Olympic uh, right. level. <laughs> right. Right. No one was breaking any speed records or, <laughs> or a uh, jump feet, but we had fun.
0: Yeah. It seems like everything is like everything you've done is a competition.
1: I guess now that I'm saying it, I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to look at this and analyze it when I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> how many sure. shows can I do in one hour?
0: <laughs> so, uh, so what else? Like that's, that's great. So, uh, um, this was this book something that you had been working on, you know, for those, you know, those, you know, later years, or is this something that, um, is this a quarantine project, so to speak? It
1: was, it wasn't meant to be a quarantine project, but it turned into it. Um, when my dad passed away, uh, that summer um, was rough. That was 2019. The summer was kind of rough and it was, I mean, of course I miss him every day and um, I'm lucky to have him for so long Uh, so you know the last it was it was sad no matter what if it's a parent or grandparent whatever it's sad but in the fall of 19 um, I was asked as approached and asked if I wanted to write a book and I thought I don't know I don't know if anybody cares I mean I barely care I, I care but I don't know if anybody else would really care to hear all this but I was talked into otherwise and um, we wrote uh, a treatment um, and then they uh, introduced me to Caroline St. Clair who wrote it with me and we had never met before but she is an amazing writer and I'm not a writer at all. I can tell a story, um, but I am a little more of a hack (laughs) speaking wise and she's a beautiful writer. So somewhere in the middle of, you know, writing deep stuff and thoughts in my language is, um, the book and, and that all kind of happened at the end of 19. And then we started writing around the end of February, 2020. Oh boy. And then I think it was March, right. Um, kind of locked down yep. and th- everything shut down. Yeah. That first so week, we that was
0: like that first week of March.
1: Yeah. So we start, honestly, we started, I think our first meeting was the end of February. And then oh. we are talking, Going, I think like I was going to go, she lives in Florida actually near Orlando and um, I was gonna come go out there and um, do a little bit in person, or she was gonna come out here. And we're like, we can't, like, nobody's going anywhere. So we did it all over the phone and um, FaceTime calls, and, and sometimes just most, actually, most of it was just phone meetings. And we wrote about three days a week and oh. back and forth. And it was a, it was a nice little uh, project because, I mean, we literally had nothing. To do nothing else, right. I wasn't working. Well, this is um, true. So it, it gave me the time and the thought and the the space to do it because, you know, if I had done it and it would have been a normal year, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would have gotten the same book out of it. You know, I didn't leave anything out. I don't
0: right. think. So I was gonna say, was it hard? Was it hard narrowing down those stories to make it more of a book and less like Moby Dick size, like, you know, where, where yeah. you did have to leave things out because it would have been too big, too much?
1: Yeah, well, it would have been like, who cares? <laughs> but it, but yeah, there, but, I mean, there are some um, pretty exciting stories and some heartfelt stories uh of him you know teaching us lessons when we didn't really know he was teaching us oh. uh and i and that's actually something that i figured out during that year of writing um that you know I, I would get off the phone and go God, he taught us about the world in the living room because i forgot to bring something like a, a situation where i like he was actually teaching us every day. Never realized it until it all kind of came out. Hmm.
0: Do you have a favorite show or character that he did?
1: Um, I love the um, I love the Carol Burnett show characters. The Mister Ted Mister uh, Ted Ball was great. And, and the. Um, uh, the family, the Southern family, Mama's family with Vicki Lawrence and Carol and Harvey. Um, that's probably my favorite, the Southern family.
0: What did you think? Because I, I didn't get it because I was younger and never really understood. But what did you think of Dorf?
1: I loved it. I was just going to say Dorf is next in that line. Um, he That came from a character that he did on the Carol Burnett show they did a takeoff like they did spin off some movies you know pretty much every week on you know Gone with the Wind or I think it was called Went with the Wind they did <laughs> some uh spin um take off on Fantasy Island and Harvey was Ricardo Montalban and my dad was <laughs> Erie Villachay on the porch with them. and you know he had to be small he is smaller than Harvey but he had to be really small so right I think they had him on his knees at first but He didn't like that because it didn't feel like he could do anything. So he had the guys, the um, art department, construction guys, cut two holes in this porch that they were on, you know, waiting for Fantasy Island, the planes. And um, they put him in the holes and it came up to his knee and they ended up attaching the shoes to his knee. And that's how it kind of started. Um, And then after that ended, he turned it into, I think it's a cross between... Mr. Tidewall is the voice and the and the and the toupee, um, right. and then this short little salty guy. <laughs> but I used to make those costumes with him. Um, oh yeah, because yeah, he would say, you know, Kel, okay, we're doing a, a dwarf video, another one, and the shoes don't feel right." We would we would make them out in his in his workshop with Velcro and. Um, foam and you know to make them look like character shoes but right. uh, yeah i learned i don't know we just kind of resourceful i guess and then just make costumes and shoes and accessories and things for it so it was pretty fun and i worked on those too i had already been working a few years when he started those
0: oh that's great that's so awesome it wasn't a
1: gift job i was already in the a costume designers guild um by then, so
0: Right. So you were already working. So it wasn't, you know, uh, you weren't just given the job. You were, you, you were actively working at that point. So that's great.
1: Yeah. Actually, he wouldn't give me a job until I knew what I was doing. He, um, you know, I'd say, Dad, can I come and work with you or work on it? He'd go, no. you just started. Like, you can come and learn, come and hang out. But um, no, I, I wouldn't. He, he he, wasn't like that. It wasn't uh, a favor thing at all.
0: Yeah. No nepotism there.
1: Yeah, I, I did work with him on a, a couple commercials, um, and they happened to be directors that I had already was working with, so that was cool. And I knew that wasn't a gift because I was on their jobs anyway, and it happened to be my dad and Harvey, in the right. commercial. So that was pretty great.
0: Do you remember any, not necessarily television jokes or you know anything like that, but any jokes that he would tell at home or any anti Antidotes that he would tell that you still tell to this day, but maybe don't necessarily give him credit, like that you know, that you like that, to, to be able to get that laugh.
1: Am I stealing his material? Is that
0: what you're asking? <laughs> not necessarily stealing the material, but you know, recycling.
1: He wasn't a joke teller, he wasn't a setup joke teller, he was a storyteller for sure. Right. Um, but not jokes with a punchline, but he would. Uh, exaggerate a story to the end of the earth which my brother does too uh, (laughs) on his radio show it's exactly like my dad Um, but yeah he's he had little things he said uh, that we that all of us always say because he was it was just a habit like he'd say um you know I go dad I saw a movie today oh what's it about oh it's about two and a half hours Um, every time, dad, that's not what I meant.
0: That's great.
1: So, yeah, we say that a lot and it irritates people, but we keep saying it.
0: Oh, I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's the type of thing that, that that's exactly what I was asking about is those type things that you still, again, not stealing the material, but sharing and reliving you know, and, and keeping, you know, his memory alive through those little, uh, little jokes.
1: Yes. In fact, my brother, um, I go to my brother Tim's house pretty much every Sunday for, um, Sunday dinner and we go do target run or go to the store or something. And, uh, my, uh, sister-in-law, Tim's wife, Jennifer, and their daughter, my awesome niece, Sophia, who's 16. We just, we cruise around and we go to Walmart or target and we have a blast but when I was leaving there this, just a this couple of days ago, Sunday, um, he's standing at the door and I looked at him and I'm like, oh my God, that's my dad. He goes, I'll walk you out. I go, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's, I'm fine. I'm right across the street. He goes, no, I'll walk you out. So he's standing at the door and he's waving, like, my. I cried all the way home, um, like happy cry, not sad. But, right, right. Um, and Tim's like, call when you get there. <laughs> like, I'll be right here. Wait not William call. That's exactly <laughs> what my time said. I don't know if he knew he was doing it though. He was so sweet.
0: That's, Such a uh, sweet guy. That's, that's great. Uh, a, a thing we're gonna we're gonna go into right now is a thing that I do on every single one of my episodes. It's called the Milo Beasley Show. Frequently asked questions. I'm going to ask you the same five questions that I ask to every single one of my guests.
1: Okay. So are you ready? ready? There's no right or
0: wrong answers. It's the first thing that pops into your head. Again, these are same questions that everybody gets. Okay. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Question number one, Who is your first celebrity crush? Oh,
1: I think um, probably more so than celebrity athlete, um, Terry Bradshaw. Okay. Um, Football players, hockey players, Marcel Dion, um, all the LA Kings hockey players, I had posters, you know, quarterbacks and and hockey players on my walls. Like I said, I don't think I was a girl. that I knew I should have been a girl. So about 12. Right. So it was more athletes than celebrities. And maybe, I don't know, David Cassidy at the time. So I was probably 12.
0: Okay. I can definitely say that Terry Bradshaw... This is the first time anybody said Terry Bradshaw, so.
1: <laughs> I worked with him once and I told him about that. And he's like, Grah. he goes, how old are you? And he goes, I feel old. Don't do it. And he goes, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. He's so fun. We had a blast.
0: That's funny. That's great. All right. Question number two. Yeah. What is your guilty pleasure song? So what's a song that you love to play? You don't care who's around that you will sing it. You'll blast it uh you'll roll down the windows in your car if it's on
1: jack white white stripes ball and biscuit
0: oh okay i like it ever
1: ever in the universe
0: i like it that's a that's a good choice again that's the first time anybody said you know a lot of people oh britney spears or you know the safety dance white stripes fantastic
1: ball and biscuit
0: uh, question number three. This is a if you had to, this is purely hypothetical. We don't want PETA getting mad. But okay. would you rather, if you had to, fight one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? A horse sized
1: duck.
0: Just get the think, one out of the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading on it too. One giant duck or... <laughs> I think one giant one. Or, one well, giant one. I don't know. We're racetrack people, so maybe 100 tiny horses and and hope for the best. <laughs> I would... Th-
0: I don't know. I'm, I, I always go back and forth because I'm like, oh, well, I would just want... To, because 100 of anything attacking you... Would be tough. But Although at the same time, brothers, it, is, it so would be that, a giant.
1: That doesn't faze me because I, of the way we grew up. I have five brothers. So that's like, bring it on. We can do it.
0: Right. Yeah. That's only, you know, 20 times the amount of brothers you got. That's that's easy.
1: Yeah. Divide it up and, and we're good.
0: Yep. All right. Question number four. What is your favorite movie quote?
1: Um Field of Dreams for sure. Um I think it's um you guys are guest in my corn or yeah, it's probably you guys are you guys are guest in my corn. Now give it up.
0: That's I great. I uh Field of Dreams one of my one of my favorite movies. I was uh you know, playing baseball during that time when when the movie was that what around 90, 90, 90, 92, somewhere I around think
1: there. It might have been was it eighties even? It's it's back there. I don't know. I don't know how old it is.
0: Yeah. To uh, me it that seems was...
1: timeless. I watched I watched it the other day because I had some work to do and I just had it on in the background as noise. But I know pretty much everyone from it.
0: Did you watch the Field of Dreams game this year?
1: I did. It was so it was really cool.
0: And his, his monologue before the game, Kevin Costner's monologue. was. Oh my
1: gosh. It made me, it made me cry. I
0: I, was I'm not going to say it, but I definitely, I definitely had a tear or two uh, getting ready to come out because it was so good. And it just made you feel so good. And, and, and yeah, a huge fan of, and and I'm, I'm I'm glad they're going to keep doing it.
1: It's I, I can't wait for them to do it every year. Um, I met Kevin Costner once, and I cried when I met him because he got—he was getting off a private plane, and I was there. And um, the pilot, who was who I knew, introduced us. And when we got off the plane, he said that line <laughs> because my friend told him what the line was. So he got off the yeah. plane. He goes, "Callie," and he said the line, and I started crying.
0: <laughs> That's great. <sighs> Man. Yeah, that was That's fun. It. I said, I'm Have not you... a
1: freak. He goes, I know who your dad is. I know your dad. I know you're not a freak. He just like the movie. <laughs> now calm down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you ever been to Iowa to the movie set?
1: No, I haven't. I've been through Iowa because I've driven back east up to Ontario, Canada a few times. Right. Um, but I've never stopped at the field. I, um, that'll be my next. I'll do that.
0: Bucket list next year. You got to watch a game there.
1: I'm going to go. Maybe I'll go to the game. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah, go to the I'm game because go the, the the game and the is like right next to the the movie set.
1: So oh, Cool. I want to be one of those cars with their headlights on at the end. In line. Yes.
0: Oh, gosh, now I've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna end it. when we get done with this. I'm going to go watch Feel the Dreams immediately. I'll watch it
1: again <laughs> tonight. I, like I said, I just have it on. I'm. I'm sick of watching the news lately, uh, and just it's just a nice background. Watch
0: watch the parts I love. All right. And then question number five. This is a fill in the blank. If blank was an Olympic sport, I would win a gold medal. I would
1: say... Making something out of something. Making—you're given five things, and somebody says, "Okay, make a lamp, or make a charm bracelet, or build a house out of those five things." I'm pretty sure I could do it.
0: So, quickly. if MacGyvering was an Olympic yeah, sport,
1: if if MacGyver was my coach and that was the sport, I would definitely win—at least a silver. <laughs>
0: Um all right so before we wrap up let's again let's talk about the the book you know why should people why should people pick up this book when they're at the airport when they're at the bookstore
1: You're breaking up but I think you said why
0: Yeah why 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 should they why should they uh pick up this uh why should they pick up the book
1: It's um my dad was just he's such a nice guy and he was nice to everyone, and it—I think—it really comes through in this, um, as far as his legacy and and what he left all of us with. Uh, and people that didn't, you know, have a room down the hall from him, people on the street that would run into him and say. Um, oh my God, Tim, I named my baby after you because I was nine and a half months pregnant and the Carol Burnett show was on and you made me laugh. I fell off the bed, my water broke. So when we <laughs> got to the hospital, I named my kid after you. Um, so all of those little stories too um, make this whole nice life that he, that he gave to us. Like I said, not as a, here you can be in my business and everything's, set up for you it just it gave us an opportunity to see the world how he did which is it's a pretty great place uh even though with all the stuff going on in the last year and a half it's still a pretty awesome place here and people are nice uh if you're nice to them and he has he was he was just a great dad and my mom and how they raised us and i don't know just, there's some sweet stories um there's some straw uh, that last a few chapters are um, when he wasn't doing so well at the end, and my fight to keep him safe and sound, and uh, wanted to get him home instead of in a public place in these facilities. But it didn't, it didn't happen. But I fought my tail off for it, uh, and I'm pretty proud of that. I'm proud of this book, but I'm most proud of fighting to the end for him, and he knew it. <laughs>
0: that's good. That's that, that's as good that 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 he knew it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me about your life, about your father's life, about those stories. Uh, I can't wait to pick up this book. I, I guarantee. You, I'm not just saying that because I had you on the show. I am definitely going to be going out and picking up this book.
1: But you seem too young to know who he is.
0: <laughs> I, I'm. Deceptively, <laughs> I, I look young. Let's just say that
1: different age agents know him from different things
0: like yeah.
1: our parents know him from something else, and then our then my age, your age, and down to the little kids with the SpongeBob. So, I guess everybody knows, and there's a right. Lot of I knew him from of- Carol Burnett. Pardon,
0: I knew him from the Carol Burnett show.
1: Oh, good, good.
0: So, that was especially because like Carol, so Carol Burnett and Mama's family was on when you know, like I would be home from, from school or something like that. It would, you know, you'd watch, uh, the price is right. Uh, Carol Burnett, mom and family. And then, you know, it was, and then yeah. all your friends were home, you know, after exactly.
1: School. So you were watching reruns. We had to wait up till 10 o'clock on Saturday. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it, it was, it was a great, um, experience to write it. Like I said, with Caroline, who was a fantastic writer we had we had a great time doing it. Uh, a couple of parts were hard, um, cool. and there's the pictures I put in. We had we have so many pictures, and I re- I love the pictures in it. Um, you know, the first thing I do when I get a book is I, I kind of go to the middle and for the pictures. And I think there's over a hundred pictures, so it's a lot. That's great. Yeah.
0: Oh, was it uh, again? Did was it hard putting some of that stuff in there? Or did it bring back some memories, or was it like? Did it bring back memories and it was in a good way?
1: It was a good way. It was um, the like the end wasn't great um, with right. me not being able to see him and having to go to court. So that was pretty um, devastating. But right. I swear this last year and a half in writing this, there's not a therapist in the country that could have done what all of that did to just... And it's nothing you know, that anybody else hasn't gone through, that's what happens. Parents go away. Um, it would be another situation to lose, you know, someone younger than you, a child. So that's not, it's not that. It's, it's the chain of life. But right. um, it was pretty therapeutic to do it. And I'm happy I did it. And it's a sweet little story.
0: Absolutely. I, again, I, I can't, I can't wait to, to pick it up myself. So again, thank you so much for, for spending Your time chatting with me about it, and and best of luck with the book sales and and all your future endeavors. Maybe maybe there's enough stories. There can be a part two. Maybe there's
1: more. There's a lot more. I did have to edit out a lot, but yeah, there's lots more. Mm. All
0: right. Well, thank you very much, and thank you all for watching. And we will see you next week, where we talk with Robert Schaefer. You know him as Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration from the office. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you. Oh, why is my outro playing?